Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the CEO and founder of Sales Schema, Dan Englander. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And your website, just for our listeners, if they want to look you up as we're having this conversation, is saleschema.com. It's a new year, Dan. So I thought I'd start asking you, how's 2021 treating you so far? Uh, pretty good. I can't. I can't complain. I actually. Uh, I can complain. Actually, I got hit with COVID a couple weeks ago. Oh. Oh, so no. I'm. But I'm basically out of the woods now. Um, so feeling feeling pretty good. And business has has been good. I think. Thankfully, um, just good amount of upswing with I think people that are predictably having to figure out digital stuff when they hadn't had to do that before, which we're on the the benefiting end of. So can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. And so, um, so let's go ahead and talk about that and kind of the wave that you're writing right now. Uh, your Mm -hmm. company again is sales schema and for people that are hearing about it for the first time, uh, what's your company about and who do you like to serve? Yeah. So basically we're a fractional new business team specializing on uh, marketing agencies and related marketing service companies and sometimes professional services and consulting. Uh, so that's a fancy way of saying that we're we're very good at going out to the market on behalf of our clients to get the pipeline full and get meetings with the right people so that they can close business more consistently than they might have had in the past. They're focused on referrals and personal networks and stuff that's a little more unpredictable. Yeah. You know, it really is an artwork to, you know, do that marketing. Uh, I think that if you even, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit offline about our audience and, you know, we tend to like to talk to people who, uh, you know, believe in hiring help because if you try to do it all, like you try to be the marketing leg and then the sales leg, and then, you know, the account manager, it's a lot of work. And so it's great to hear that you as a company have really, you know, specialized in, you know, working with uh, marketing agencies, professional service companies, and uh, consultants with, you know, with your Wait, your strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. And my, my background is originally trying like every tactic under the sun, selling creative <laughs> services and help helping that, that company grow. And then, you know, I think what we found is that our, our clients, um, are usually we're usually a good fit when they're looking to build something that's that's more scalable and can kind of go outside their their network and everything. So we've yeah. uh, definitely optimized it a lot over time. Yeah, no, definitely. And I have here in my, our notes that uh, you've been in business since 2014, right? So that's a that's a that's an accomplishment. I think nowadays to be in business for that long, uh, what is that five six years now at this point? Um, you should be proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you, appreciate it. And uh, things have definitely changed a lot in, in that amount of time. You know, I think mm-hmm. the the tactics that we used to use are, are have gotten less effective, and we've had we've seen things change so much basically that I can definitely get into. Yeah. 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 Well, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, you know, without, you don't have to name drop or anything, but uh, give us an example of a client that you're currently working with and um, how, how you've helped them, you know, make that transformation or help them really increase or improve their marketing so that they can fill up that sales funnel. Yeah. Well, let, let me back up a little bit and go to an older client where things were less successful, where basically <laughs> we, we were doing a variation on what I think a lot of people continue to do, which is that that direct sales approach mm. where you're, you know, where we're we're in the marketing world, but this could apply to anything where our clients were perfectly positioned. They were focusing on enterprise software. They'd done business there for, you know, decades or more. And and we still just weren't really breaking in with the right people. You know, mm-hmm. we were just, they were perfectly positioned and we just thought, okay, if this, if 
if it's not working that well for these guys, then who's it going to work for? Mm-hmm. And what we realized, like this is this knob's gotten turned up to eleven with COVID, but this was a trend that was already in motion, just like everything else, mm-hmm. is that. There's so many digital solutions, so many digital service providers of, of different sorts, marketing in our world, but it could yeah. applies applies across the board. And there's also just so much more competition for attention where everybody that was selling at trade shows or whatever has now had to flock onto the same few digital channels. So mm-hmm. it created this dynamic where even when our clients were perfectly positioned, that person might not open that door for them, you know, until they have an active project, at which place, at which point it's unsustainable and hard to predict and all that. Right. So so to bring this to now and answer your question and get to case studies and stuff, like right now, it's what we're doing is more about identifying where our clients, uh, who's likely to talk to our clients based on a business and or personal commonality. So it's, it's what we like to call relationship-driven new business at scale. You know, mm-hmm. So for example, we have a campaign going now where we've gotten a client about 100, 120 meetings in about three months wow. um, with the biggest companies on earth, with C-level based on university connections. Hey, we went to the same college we're doing this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. we should connect. And so, who's ever getting that is thinking, okay, this person's actually done their research. They've, they've, they're have they coming with a very classy way in. The way the message is set up is in a way where the person, it kind of indicates, I'm not going to hard sell you. I'm not going to waste your time. Yeah. So from that, we're getting just a much higher rate of agreement to meeting. So I think that if even if people are listening and never hire us, if you start thinking about things in terms of you know, putting the work at the front in terms of identifying who's likely to talk to you and coming in classy, you're yeah. going to get a much, much more meetings and much more closed business, basically. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is knowing who you want to target, right? And then um, the messaging to make sure that you don't come off as salesy. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and you know, I, I think just regardless of how you're doing it, the whole the whole world's kind of moving towards personalization towards the long tail. Um, it's getting harder and harder to just kind of, you know, the numbers game dynamics are still real. Like the numbers matter, but the, the, the sort of mass approach across the board, not just in the sales world, but I think in the world at large is getting less of a thing. I'm, I'm going off the reservation, but I was listening to Cal Newport, you know, I don't know if you know him talking about even social media platforms. He's predicting that we're going to have long tail social media platforms and mm. the Twitters and the Facebooks of the world might not even last, which is kind of hard to imagine, but I, I'm, I'm kind of seeing, okay I'm seeing with the same that, things. <laughs> yeah. I'm too, personally okay with that. Not yeah. getting political or anything, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, one thing that I find interesting here, Dan, is one of the favorite things you enjoy uh, with your job is, um, is the creative side, uh, writing emails. Uh, tell us about that because for me, it's like, it's a lot of work and, and it sounds like you get a kick out of it. So tell us about that. Yeah, I, I do. And it's, I get to do a little less of it than I used to because our team's doing so much more. Um, but it's, I, I like it because it's sort of like a, an underappreciated creative medium that mm. has a constraint. You know, it's just, just, you could link off and include pictures and stuff, but for the most part, it's text. Um, it's, it's ancient, you know, it's, you're, you're kind of channeling the, the, the lost art of letter writing in a way, even though it's digital. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, nobody really owns. It's a protocol. Um, yes, you know, the Googles and the Microsofts of the world can filter things and so on, but ultimately it's it's a protocol that nobody owns. So if you, if you can get good at it, um, you can do it forever. And we haven't really seen 
email decline at all. You know, it's, it's sort of standing the test of time since the nineties, we've seen Mm -hmm. social media platforms change and come and go. You know, if you, you set up a Facebook group uh, a few years ago, now you pretty much have to pay to market to that group. Email is harder to do, but not so much. It's still something you can, you can control yourself. So that's why I'm a big believer in it. Yeah. You know, I think, um, in just years ago when I used to, the short time I used to do uh, social media marketing, um, I thought it was all about social media. I thought about, it was all about organic reach. And then, as you mentioned, as these companies get bigger, it's more about like, okay, you got to pay to play, but the email will always be the email. The email is like the new phone number, right. Where you can like, it's, it's personalized. It's something that people are willing to open up if or open and check every day. If, um, they have, you know, messages in there that are worth, that they uh, deem worthy of reading. But it's the one thing that, um, like you said, doesn't really change. And so um, it's interesting how I feel like there was a time where people uh, really pushed more emphasis on social media, but just like what you said, with everything having shifted and and social media, um, like new outlets popping up left and right, the one constant is email because you still have to join these accounts with email, (laughs) you know? And so that's like the one constant. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I do think, you know, to set the right expectations, I do think it has gotten harder to do well. I think it's mm-hmm. like doing outreach has become more like SEO. You know, if you did SEO, whatever, 20 years ago or something or, or less, it was kind of hackable. Like you could like, whatever, buy some crappy links and get your page <laughs> ranked or something. And I think email used to be a little bit more like that, but now it's deliverability is big, you know, actually just simplify it. It's more about actually creating something that somebody would want to receive and want to read in which case, you know, the filters are going to continue to be on your side and you're going to continue to be able to make it work. So it has gotten harder, but I do, I do think that it's, it is still, you know, very powerful. And it's something that again, you, you, control yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, One thing that uh, I know that is really important for you and your company, Dan, is to have a relationship driven approach um, to, you know, to help your clients. Uh, For our listeners, let's, uh, let's share some tips, you know, how, how can they do better at um, taking a relationship driven approach to their, you know, prospects, as opposed to, you know, the used car salesman, you know, the hard sell approach. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of diff- different ways to do it well. Um, I think I think one thing is is you know, and this is kind of off of your question a little bit, but um, I think a lot of the times when it comes to doing work for one's own clients, people are very into creativity and they're willing to throw stuff at the wall and really do great work because they're more detached from it. You know, mm-hmm. they're more they're more sober about it. Um, or, or, but also creative, but I think for, for sales stuff, for whatever reason, people are often looking for like a step-by-step technical blueprint for how to do it. So I think part of it is, is being able to take a step away from that blueprint and just being able to be a little more creative in terms of how you might approach the message and do things that, you know, kind of jump out to you. Um, but beyond that, to, to get a little more towards your question, I think it's about, so you still have to do things at scale. You know, it's it's unrealistic to think you're going to be able to do 15 minutes of research per prospect you right, want to contact. Right. Yeah. So scale matters, but I think maybe it's a little less scale than you might be thinking. So first, you know, maybe it means you're identifying um, people that are part of the same trade association or networking groups and starting with, with that or 
you know, the somebody that went to the same school or even just the same geography, like thinking about where, you know, identifying the type of person that's going to bring you into an account based on a commonality, even if it's not necessarily where you ultimately want to be, you know, mm-hmm. like a CMO or something. So I think, I think taking a step back and putting more of that work on the curation of lists and on mm. the process, the, the identification, as opposed to putting the work later, which tends to look like, oh, I'm just going to spit out a list of CMOs that I have no connection to, but then I'm going to have to like chase them around for the next six months just to get them to agree to speak to me. You know, yeah. good things yeah. happen, I think, when you maintain a certain cadence of conversation, a certain volume of conversation. Yeah, I really like the importance, uh, really stressing that importance of having that quality, well-researched list at the beginning. Because otherwise, yeah, people do say, oh, it's a numbers game. You got to go through numbers. You got to, you know, and it's like you can be more focused when you know specifically like what you want, you know, a niche within a niche within a niche, right? Like when you, when we're able to really hone in on the type of contacts you want to reach out to. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's not about losing scale. It's maybe just dialing the scale back like 20% so that you can get more personalization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan, you have a podcast, (laughs) the digital agency growth podcast. So I feel like this is natural for you to have a conversation right now. What are some of the uh, favorite topics you like to address on your show? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So we've, we've had all sorts of different topics. Um, I'm really into very kind of like off the reservation, cerebral stuff about marketing. I think one Mm. one of my favorite interviews we've done is Rory Sutherland. who wrote a book called Alchemy. So we Mm. talked a lot about how irrational B2B markets are. And usually we think that consumers are irrational and, you know, Freud and all that. But I think that the B2B world's also very irrational in funny ways. So I, I like those sort of weird conversations. I really like talking to just kind of beyond that, just like in the trenches stuff with agency owners, just what's like, you know, people with interesting stories that have grown their agencies. We, we had a really, um, recently we had a uh, uh, Tyler Sullivan, who started out with an e-commerce business selling golf clubs and then built an agency out of that. And that, mm-hmm. that, so, so a lot of those, those stories. And then, you know, I like to just get as far off the reservation for marketing as I can, um, <laughs> which is sometimes hard because, you know, if somebody has no connection to the agency world, they're sort of like, I don't, I don't know if I want to come on your show, but that, but I, I like to go as far away from just nitty gritty tactics as I can, which is kind of, counterintuitive to the way I think a lot of people run podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it also sounds like you're um, in a way building community with other agencies in a sense, like it's where typically agencies maybe want to compete. You're like, Hey, let, you know, come on the show. Let's talk about your strategy, how you, your approach, you know? And I, I like that. I like kind of that collaborative mindset. Cause I think it's like, if, if, if one of us wins, we all win. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, the most successful agencies that we're, we're seeing these days are ones that are, pretty well specialized and pretty well niche. So it's not like they have like an ocean of competition. They might have like a few people they're competing against and they're not even thinking about them that much. Like lately we've had on Amazon's a huge focus and this is something I'm talking about a lot, but um, I think that there's, there's precious few agencies that understand that ecosystem and how, and and that people need to figure it out soon because it's uh, it's massive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know that Amazon is, or at least Jeff Bezos is having a great time right now. (laughs) Just um, in all that revenue (laughs) Um, just with the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that their DSP, you know, is going to be, which is the demand side platform is going to be really big because it's, you know, basically being able to advertise to people based on products that they're searching for already, you know, and once that's kind of out to the masses, the agencies that have figured it out are going to have an an incredible amount of of leverage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's astounding. Very astounding. Um, well, Dan, you know, as we mentioned, you've been in business since 2014. Um, what, let, let me know, what are you most proud of, of your journey so far? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think just kind of building um, a defensible service that that works. You know, especially in, in an area that's pretty challenging. You know, trying to get people that are in high level positions to agree to talk to our clients is not easy, and we've we've managed to make it work. So, mm-hmm. I think pro- probably that, um, as well as you know, just getting to a place where I'm doing um, m- you know stuff that I that I enjoy and, and find fun, like the podcast, and that's where kind of a lot of my time's going now. So, I think probably those things. Yeah. I have to tell you, uh, since, I mean, luckily I started podcasting in like summer 2019 and I'm, I'm so glad I did because it set me up for 2020 <laughs> as yeah. a way to socialize, like even to just strictly socialize and like stay in community with people. So yeah. I'm just, I love podcasting for that reason is like, you're not alone and you can, um, at least for me, I'm fortunate to talk to people such as yourself that are still moving and shaking today. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. And it's, uh, it, it, it works well for me. You know, I, I think that, um, maybe there's some people that are, are better off writing or whatever, but I find that I'm, I'm on so many conversations or was on so many conversations like this anyway, that throwing on a recorder isn't too tough. So yeah. 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 It's like, it's like what I always say. Um, I just like to have good conversation that happens to be recorded um, yeah, exactly. because I know that there's so many, um, just closed door types of conversations where you think like, man, like that would have been so great. You know, if that was recorded for other people to hear, you know, and it's like, okay, here we are, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Thanks to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I like, I like your guys's format. You know, there was a little bit of briefing and then the recorder got thrown on. I think I've been on other shows where it's uh there's, there's like 20 minutes of prep and it's like, oh. are we, ha- are we having a conversation or like being <laughs> grilled by the CIA? <laughs> I know. Right. It's like, can we just start recording? Like, does this have to be a whole thing? Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate, I appreciate you um, just acknowledging kind of our, the way that we uh, approach our show. Cause we, we really want to, uh, we want to make it a good experience for everyone, you know? Cause again, like if one wins, we all win, right? Like if you sound great and that means we sound great and people, are more likely to want to listen to our show and find you more credible. It's just, it's a dance that we all, we all are choreographed to do together. I think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Dan, I want to shift gears and ask one more question, but before I do, um, is there anything else you want people to know about sales schema? Um, not a lot. I guess if anybody wants to check out what we're, what we're doing, get some free resources and stuff, saleschema.com is the site. Um, we have, you know, webinars and all sorts of nerdy stuff there and our (laughs) podcast is hosted there. So that's, that's probably it for now. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. So, um, as we wrap up here, I want to talk directly to the small business owner and entrepreneur that's listening to the show and you hinted at this already. So feel free to emphasize on this more, um, a parting piece of advice. I think you want to share is to find your specialization. Um, can you tell us about that? Like the importance of, you know, getting really good at one thing, you know, versus trying to do a one size fits all. Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I've sort of um, you know brought in my thinking on this from from maybe a couple of years ago, where I used to think of it more like niching. You know, like mm-hmm. you find you find a niche, you find an industry. Yeah. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be like that. I think it's more like finding a really tangible through line. You know, that maybe there's a few different verticals that you serve that are related to that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that you know it's it's getting harder and harder to sell, especially agency services, but probably most services out there if you're not focused on a particular area and it doesn't take that many clients to build, you know, really fruitful business. So it's not like, I think that it's, we're getting to a place where there's more risk in not making the decision to specialize than there is in giving up business by being able to say, we're, we're fit for this type of situation. We're not a fit for this type of situation. There's something really powerful about that. So I think that's, that's the way to think about it. 
And, and again, specialization, you know, so that might mean that you have one to a few different things you do for one to a few different mm. type types of buyer, right? So I think that's the right way to think about it. And um, there's probably a lot of ways to land on that product market or product service fit. Um, I think with that, what's probably more powerful than than what I like to call day trading, which is just kind of looking at what whatever's hot right now is figuring out, okay, where have you historically been successful? Mm. Where do you feel most comfortable in a sales pitch? Where do you have the best testimonials? And really starting there, you know, yeah. yeah, if you had done that, if you had done that for restaurants last year, you would have been in a bad position now, but next year you probably have a moat around you, you know, so there's risk in everything. Um, you're not going to get away from that, but there's probably more risk in not doing it. So that's kind of yeah. how I like to think about it. I think this is sort of relevant and I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but it's by Bruce Lee. And it goes something like, you know, I fear the man who can, um, who's practiced one kick a thousand times versus the one who um, knows a thousand different kicks. Right. So the whole idea of that is like honing in on, like you said, that, that one specialization or that one strategy that has been working for you, as opposed to trying to do multiple. I love that. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm related to jujitsu, so it's like oh. it's, it's so true. There's there's white belts that are black belts at a kimura from bottom clothes guard, you know, or whatever. So they mm-hmm. can they can tap the highest level people with that one move. So it's 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 literally true. Yep. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll go ahead and end on that note, Dan. I want to thank you again so much for joining us here on the thoughtful entrepreneur. I've really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, Jen. It was so much fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And again, to our listeners, this is Dan Englander. He is the CEO and founder of sales schema. You can learn more about him and his company at salesschema.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.